0: THE ADVENTURE CALENDAR OF MR TIMOTHY HOPE A Christmas Expedition in 24 letters 9th December My dear Lady Misericordia, I hope this letter finds you well. It's lucky that you have Viscount Fox there with you to make such funny jokes about schools of fish devouring their teachers... "'although I'm not sure that he's quite as funny as he seems to think he is. "'I'd like to see him hanging on for dear life over the briny deep "'while a shark snaps at his feet. "'And I'm sure Baronet Oxshot will be delighted "'that you thought him terribly brave and daring. "'I will be sure to tell him at some point. "'I'm sure I won't forget. "'Anyway, Oxshot is not popular with the rest of us at the moment "'ever since we had to leave town in something of a hurry.' Fortunately, your father was able to use his parliamentary debating skills, and more importantly, his ducal gold, to persuade the train driver to leave several hours early, otherwise we might have been in serious trouble. The port we landed in was a small town, huddled down by the shore at the end of a valley, surrounded by majestic and awesome mountains, rearing up into forest and snow all around, what the locals call a fjord. It seemed like such a wild place. These few wooden buildings amidst this great and overpowering scenery, but it was a bustling and homely little town, just the place to complete our stocks and prepare for our journey into the north, until, that is, the argument about the shark. As I mentioned in my last letter, the baronet was determined to preserve the head of the shark he killed so that he could give it to you as a present. He said that it was the kind of present that only he could give, and I could only agree with him that no one else was ever likely to give you a fish head as a gift. This did not go down well, and the baronet threatened to send you my head instead. Anyway, Oxshot went to summon the cook of the inn where we were staying and tried to explain to him, with shouting and hand-waving, what he wanted done with the beast. I offered to help translate, since I have already picked up a smattering of Norwegian, but Oxshot offered to have my tongue in a sandwich, so I left him to it. The cook, frightened and confused by Oxshot's yelling and gesturing, "'gathered the rest of the staff of the inn around him, "'then passers-by, joined the crowd, "'and neighbours started popping out of their doors "'to see what the commotion was, "'until almost the whole town came running "'to join the growing throng. "'After much muttered and frantic debate, "'the cook and the town mayor apparently came to a decision, "'bowed to oxshot and shook his hand, "'mustered some strong men, "'and carted the enormous fish away.' We got on with collecting our provisions and preparing the specially commissioned train, which was to take us inland, away to the north. And finally, lunchtime came, and the mayor reappeared, along with a delegation of elders, who ushered us all into a long, low building that could only be a town hall. There we discovered all the townspeople, all sitting down, ready to eat, with a top table set exclusively for us as guests of honour. We were, of course, touched and delighted by this, and took our places. There followed a number of speeches from various people I can only assume were important locals, and from members of our group, including his lordship, your father, and the professor. Of course, we couldn't understand them, and they couldn't understand us. But everyone seemed jolly pleased with themselves, and more importantly, jolly pleased with the prospect of lunch. At last, the cook from the inn came out, once again with the group of strong men who had carried off the shark, but this time carrying a huge cooking pot. The pot was set down in front of our table, and with a proud flourish, the cook lifted the lid. We all stood up to peer inside, only to see a hearty-looking stew, full of vegetables and bubbling away. We raised our hands to applaud the chef, but as one, we froze in mid-clap, as out of the broth bobbed the boiled and gleaming teeth of the shark. Dripping pieces of carrot and herb, the head of the fish "'rose up through the steam, "'turning a single reproachful eye on us "'before dropping back out of sight beneath the potatoes. "'We stood and stared at the pot, "'with our hands still raised, "'barely sure of what we'd just seen. "'And then Ockshot went berserk. "'Picking up his chair, he flung it at the cook's head, "'who only just ducked in time, "'and it smashed into the table behind him, "'upsetting plates and cups all over the people sitting there. Oxshot heaved at our table, turning it upside down in front of him, scattering knives and forks everywhere, and then he was over it, and leaping at the cook with his hands outstretched, a howl on his lips, and a murderous gleam in his eye. Before we knew what was happening, the men who had brought in the cauldron had leapt to the cook's defence, and then the people hit by the chair, and then everyone else, the whole town, their hospitality rejected, their dining-room upset and their cook assaulted, descended on Oxshot in one great pile. Thinking fast, his lordship grabbed me, and together, with Harry's help, we dragged Oxshot from the mayhem and beat a hasty retreat through an open window and made for the train station as fast as we could. Oxshot was not to be denied, however, and as the town ran for the exit to follow us, he ran around the rear of the building, in through the kitchen door, and grabbed hold of the pot before anyone had spotted him. While his lordship persuaded the driver with large amounts of money, we all boarded the train and were treated to the sight of Oxshot staggering up the main street, dragging the great cooking pot behind, the shark's head swishing about inside, stew slopping around in his wake as the townspeople came swarming up behind him, waving spoons and forks in a threatening manner. At the last moment, he climbed onto the platform, threw the pot into the luggage van, and hurled himself on after it, as we huffed our way out of the town, the curses and shouts of the outraged townspeople following after us as a goodbye. oxshot still smelling strongly of fish stew, has been confined to the luggage van in disgrace ever since. But he is quite happy in there, cleaning turnips out of his shark's head and getting it ready for preservation. Yours, A Little Tired of Fish Suppers, Timothy Hope Esquire, Tutor. The adventure calendar of Mr Timothy Hope was written by Tobias Sturt and was read by John Millington and illustrated by Amanda Gray. The theme music was On a Christmas Morning by Prince's Orchestra from dawnofsound.com. Find out more at timothyhope.com.